just arrived at Nidawak and um, the parking lot is sort of filling up. <laughs> um, was warned to, you know, not park in most areas or I might get a $60 ticket. So um, trying to avoid that because funds are low for <laughs> for Life With Ed. So um, yeah, I'm excited. Here we go. Don't worry, we're not skipping the intro. Hello and welcome to Life with Ed, the podcast. It's September 23rd already, and I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. It's so different from anything else we've had on the podcast. It was definitely a project to create. Uh, There's a lot of different recording devices that went into this, and um, just, you know, Bear with the wind sounds, the weird music going on at times, but enjoy. I think um, I think we got a lot out of it. Our news item for today actually comes from the UK, and uh, it's just something. It's it's really sad, but uh, we all need to keep an eye on these news items to keep following what's going on and working to better eating disorder care and awareness around the world. Um, There were actually five women who died with eating disorders um, in the UK and they all had anorexia. Um, And it's, you know, not unusual, unfortunately, for women to die when they have, um, or men, when people have anorexia. But um, these women weren't getting proper care. And it's just really a call for more people to go into the space of helping those with eating disorders. And that, you know, listening to this podcast does not count as treatment. This is great um, social support, moral support. Uh, It can help you once you're, you know, really on the road to recovery or might help parents or loved ones or whatever. But if you are medically unstable, you need care. You need to be an inpatient or residential or at least seeing a you know qualified practitioner. Um, so I really suggest you all check out this article. It's in the Telegraph. The link is in the um, show notes. I'm just going to read a part of it here. So it says, Patients awaiting treatment at the time, some of whom were deemed priority cases, were simply given a podcast which gave advice. Nick Hart, Avril's father, and Avril is one of the women who died, who has campaigned tirelessly for justice, has warned that patients are continuing to die as a direct result of NHS failure. It's pretty clear to us that there have been a systematic failings. He ha- he told the Sunday Telegraph, services are worse than when Avril died, not better. And their deaths, all these five women were within a year. It was between September 2017 and September 2018. So a year to two years ago. Um, so to learn more, check out the article. But it's really important that those of us who you know, are clinically unstable, medically unstable, do seek professional care, that they do not rely on self-help books, that they just don't listen to this podcast, although, you know, I hope everyone listens to this podcast, but uh, please, please remind your friends, help people, um, help them get care. And one of the ways you can do that is going to Nita's website. So um, this walk that I attended two weeks ago, or just just one week ago, September 15th, um, was all 
to support NIDA, the National Eating Disorder Association. You heard about it two weeks ago on the podcast, and now you'll hear what it's like in person to be at a NIDA walk. So hopefully one day you can attend too. Um, I just want to remind everyone that the Q&A episode, I have not forgotten about it. It's coming. It's coming in January uh, because I have done a lot of recording in the last couple months since I'm going away for a few weeks on my honeymoon soon. Um, So please uh, be patient, but send in more questions. We're not recording it until January. So send in all your questions to worth, W-E-R-T-H, your while, nutrition at G gmail.com. Um, we're going to have a psychiatrist, a dietitian, and a medical doctor on the uh, Q&A episode. So please, please, please send in more questions. I think it will be um, really interesting, hopefully. And uh, before you, you know, move on and listen to the rest of the show, which honestly, I'm so excited for you to hear. Don't forget to subscribe to Life with Ed, the podcast. Please, you know, rate it, review it, share it with friends. Um, We're definitely climbing up there in the charts. uh, So that's really exciting. But I need all of your help to keep going. So keep sharing it, like it, rate it. I know a whole lot more of you listen than have rated it or reviewed it. So um, just do that. You know, that would be great. Uh, Thank you and enjoy the show. The first needle walk I attended was in Morristown, New Jersey back in 2016, and the sense of community, hope, and strength I felt at that event was the turning point in my own recovery to keep moving forward and end my relationship with my eating disorder once and for all. And since that June morning, I've attended countless needle walks, and I still get the same sense of community and hope every single time. So on behalf of Nita, I would like to thank you for not only being here today, but for raising funds that directly support the fight against eating disorders. Because of your incredible fundraising efforts, we are able to put life-saving recovery resources directly into the hands of those in need. I am so thrilled to say and announce that we've raised over $11,000 here in Fairfield County this morning. We are making a difference right here together. And I want to take this time to thank everyone who donated to Team Life with Ed. We raised over $200 um, of that $11,000. So that is great. And um, special shout out to Sarah Bond, who was the first contributor to the campaign. So um, thank you, everyone. In the last year, we were able to answer more than 40,000 calls and chats through our helpline services, connecting people to the support they need at a critical time. We've guided over 280,000 people through our online screening tool, and we know that early detection of eating disorders can be life-saving. We've been working tirelessly to pass legislation that will increase education and access to eating disorder treatment, and we've been able to provide grants for research that will advance the field of eating disorders. This is all because of the funds raised by our passionate needle walkers. This is because of all of you. So everybody give a big hand of applause for you guys one more time. So with that being said, we're going to kick off our program. Um, I am so excited to announce Dr. Doug Bunnell. He's a clinical psychologist in private practice in Connecticut and New York and specializes in the treatment of people with eating disorders. He's a past board chair of NIDA and a recipient of our Lifetime Achievement Award. Dr. Bunnell is a co-editor of Treatment of Eating Disorders, Bridging the Research Practice Gap. Welcome, Doug. 
Everybody, I mean, who was here last year? Is this better? We were freezing last year. This is a great day. Thank you all for being here. Um, I, I did take notes. I'm going to probably refer to this because I'm old school. But um, I've been doing, I've been involved with NIDA for about 20 years now, right from the get go. And as I step back and really look at what's happened, not just with NIDA, but in the field over the past 20 years, there's lots of room for optimism. Um, and I'm struck still by how much work we still have to do. So your commitment and being here today to, to really keep the pressure on the need for more progress. I'm gonna talk a bit about what progress can look like, but it's so essential that we stay involved. And it's so hard, I, I said just now to somebody, to be in the midst of the throes of trying to get better, both as a family or as an individual or both, um, and to come out and, and sort of keep raising awareness, doing the work you do to, to bring resources to this, this cause and this organization can be so draining. So it's, it's so important that you're here. I hope you feel like you get something back because as many of you know, to get better from eating disorder takes a great deal of effort. It's a long time and it can be really hard. I've learned the course of these 20 years that people need help, not just at the beginning of the, re of the road to recovery, but even at the end and arguably even just as about you're about to be done with it or about you can sort of see full recovery in the, you know, just down the road. You need help all the way along. So NIDA as a mission, just to keep refining our mission, we need to keep our eye focused, not just on the needs of people at the very beginning, but also like what people need to get the support they need to stay in treatment, to get the treatment they need, um, and to hang in there. It's so difficult. Many of you I know, I've heard thousands of stories or feel overwhelmed and confused. No one knows anything really about eating disorders until they have to know. And it's such a, such a, I say Kafka-esque world, sort of a hardy way to say it. it's just so confusing to come in and try to make sense of things. And I think organizations like NIDA can really help with that. It's hard to sustain motivation. It's hard to stay, sustain engagement. And there are just so many ups and downs. So you need to reach out. You need to connect and stay involved with people who can really be there when you need them. It is why NIDA and groups like NIDA are so important. They create communities and connections that can provide shelter and provide roadmaps to folks at the beginning and as well can offer enduring relationships to those who are working their way through recovery. Have you ever done the NIDA walk before? Yeah, I've done, um, I've, I've done it, well, I did it here last year. Oh, and cool. I've done it in New York for a few years. Um, and I did one in Hartford one year. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. How was it the same? length last year? Was it longer last year? Um, I, well, I actually was helping out last year, so okay. like I was helping out, um, and so I didn't actually go on the walk, I was like still at a table oh, okay, uh, during okay. the actual walk part. What's um, encouraged really you to cool. go to so many? Um, I think, well, for a few, the ones in New York, I tend to go with some friends. Right. Um, and then the one last year was sponsored by um, Recovery Box, my friend. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah. So you have a friend too? Yeah. Had an eating disorder, or um, well, I have been in treatment. Oh, yeah, okay. so um, I was in treatment back in like 2012, and um, so it's been. Um, so I think I went with a bunch of friends to treatment. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So it's yeah. been a long time. It's yeah. been like six years yeah. for you. How's yeah. that feel? Um, it feels um good. It, or, sorry, there's like a bee. No, it's okay. Around, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it feels like um like. 
kind of surreal. Surreal, yeah. 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 That's how I feel. I was just saying, like, it will be almost two years since I've had any, like, symptoms yeah. pretty soon. And that doesn't feel real at all. Because yeah. I used to always say, like, it's never going to happen. Know, I'm never going to get better. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, and, I, and I used to, I, um, I just, like, used to be, like, so, I mean, not that I can't, I, I do feel hopeless because I have, like, like, like she was saying it, there's, like, co-occurring. Of course. Disorders. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, like, at the same time, like, I just, I, I feel so much better, like, looking back. Um, oh, yeah. It's just, like, and I, I was thinking about, like, the, like, the, what, um, the second speaker was saying, or, yeah, the second speaker was saying about, like, recovery not being black and white. Right. And so, like, and not, like, linear. Yeah, not at all, and I think that's such a misconception, too, for yeah. people. You're like, oh, I went to treatment once. Exactly. Like, I should be, should be better now. But it's like, no. Yeah. yeah. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. It really is. So. That's awesome. And did you do work with Nita before? Um, or? I haven't, well, la- no, like, last, I haven't worked with, or, like, like worked with them. You yeah. Mean? No, I haven't. you said you were volunteering. Oh, he was volunteering last year because I knew the person who was organizing last year. Okay. But, um. Last year was really cold. Yeah, like, I, that's what he was yeah, saying. Yeah, it was, well, because it was in October, and it was, well, you're here you're by the beach, and so it right. was windy, too, um, and it was just, it was really, really cold. It's a better time. It's a better time. We are learning more and more about how people recover from eating disorders. There's a lot we don't know. Um, but even when we have ways to help, too many people still can't access that help. To me, that's the, because I, so get to the latter stages of my career. The crying shame still is that even as we have treatments that we think can be effective, so few people can actually access them. That's been a prime focus of NEDA's mission over the past 20 years. We will continue to do that. Dr. Bunnell is 100% correct. So much of recovery just is like, did you get the treatment? Did you have access? Did you have someone who could support you? Did you have people who kept an eye on you? Did you have someone to follow up? I mean, it's just all about your community and your help. So that's why we're here. That's why we have Life Without the Podcast. We're trying to create that community so nobody gets left behind. We're looking at innovative ways to help people stay connected to treatment, even outside of treatment. One of the limitations of existing treatments is that you go in for a session, you go into a program, you step out, you're sort of on your own in between the program. And we need to look for innovative ways to keep the connected to treatment. So eating disorders, as everyone here knows, are complicated illnesses, complicated issues. They require a complicated response. NIDA needs to keep a focus on a broad set of mission, state and mission priorities. You're you're here to help support that, to support programs that can prevent eating disorders, that can help us learn more about how they develop and how we can treat them, how we can improve the ways in which we support people who are suffering right at this very moment. That's a broad mission statement. It's a lot to do, it's overwhelming. Activities like this remind us why we're here and what we're doing, and I'm so impressed and, and I just um, so admire people's willingness to come out and march for this cause. So hang in there, we're gonna get there. Thank you for being here today. Let's have a walk. Have you guys ever done a Nita walk before? No. This is my first one. This is your first one? Yeah. Really cool. Why did you decide to do it? Um, I have an eating disorder, so oh, okay. yeah. Been involved with the organization? Um, no, I, it was like recently, within the past like two years, they got oh, me wow. involved. So, yeah. Yeah, but this is like the first year that I like had other people that were like open about it, so I oh, decided to go. That's really nice yeah. that you have that. Yeah, I um, 
also had an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I run a podcast about eating disorders. Oh, really? So, yeah, I don't know if you saw me with my recording, but... Oh, what's it called? Uh, it's called Life with Ed, um, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the logo. This is orange carrot. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for demonstrating, Dylan. Um, but yeah, so I had, I had like Oriana and Olivia on the podcast before, and I wanted to come and like talk to people about why they're yeah. why they're walking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really nice. It's my first one, but I'm definitely going to go again. Yeah. It's it's nice to hear and see like so many people exactly out. other people's stories. Yeah. yeah. And you're from from the area? I'm from Reading. Oh, so Reading, Connecticut. Like, yeah, okay. so it's like I'm from Reading, Massachusetts. Away. Okay. Reading, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spelled differently though. Yeah. Yeah. And where are you walking? Uh, I'm here with her. A supportive I'm friend. Supporting. This dude, too. (laughs) You need those ones. Yeah. Yeah. Support is everything in recovery. I heard it again and again out there on the walk. It was like, I'm here to support someone. I'm here because I was supported. I'm here to support everyone with an eating disorder. It was just the whole feeling of the event. Just like, I want to support those with eating disorders. And that, the fact that we got that many people out there to support those with eating disorders in Fairfield County, Connecticut is amazing. And we need to keep the momentum going. Anyone else come with you guys? Um, my friend Zoe from my swim team. Oh, nice. It was, this was like her team, so a lot oh, okay. of people from our school went. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. It seems like a lot of people knew each other, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like two teams from our school, which is oh, really nice. Oh, wow. Okay. And both, there's people on each team who had an eating yep. disorder? Yeah. And what's your team name? Um, I think it was just Team Zoe and then Team Sam, so. Okay. Yeah. So Zoe Sam, but also you. Kind of yeah. And then a couple of friends that Zoe has from recovery were on her team too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. You meet a lot of people exactly. on the way. The second speaker at the walk was Alex Helms. You'll hear her up next. She's a survivor of anorexia and drug addiction. Um, She was in and out of rehabs and treatment for years, and she's been in full recovery since 2011, which is incredible. She was so inspiring in terms of someone who really made it, right? That she shows that recovery, no matter how bad it is during the illness, is possible. And even just when we started this podcast, I didn't know that was possible. I wasn't sure. Um, I felt like an eating disorder was something that would stick with you forever, no matter what. And she shows, really, even if you have lasting complications, that you can get past the illness. Good morning, everyone. Okay, so I'm used to speaking way longer than about five minutes, so gonna be cut off but um, I'm originally from Connecticut in New Fairfield and grew up wonderful childhood everything was great and uh, about when I turned 18 went off to college um, that's when things started to get a little bit confusing we'll go Um, didn't know anything was happening when any when everything started I, I realized I had compartmentalized a lot of things from when I was younger um, that I thought those things 
were right. I won't go into details. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has had something like this. Um, but when I was 18, things, you know, living on my own for the first time, kind of dealing with things on my own, um, that's when things started to go south. And um, yeah, anorexia was, uh, as some of you know, it was the most difficult thing in my life. And um, I felt completely out of control. Um, I may be similar, may be different. I never had a problem with, I guess, my physical image. I was pretty happy. Um, it just kind of came out of nowhere. The only way that I could control it was to, well, control anything, was to control my food intake, my exercise. And I thought I was really, really good at that. Turns out I was, you know, doing the wrong thing. And um, it was a really hard several year battle. Um, took me out of college several times and that was thought, of course, the most difficult thing that I could deal with at, at that point in my life. Turns out that it was the best thing to leave. And uh, after many years of treatment and finally coming to terms with things that happened in my life and learning how to deal with them and how to not be ashamed, talk about it. Um, that's, that's why I think it's so important to do things like this. And um, I think what I say is if I can say one thing that resonates or helps one person, I've succeeded. I uh, can't do the perfection thing anymore where I'm gonna change every single person here and everything's gonna be great and we, we know that's not possible. Um, I, we all know what it's like being sick, so I wanna stick to the recovery part. Um, I will say that um, I certainly have some lifelong difficulties that I, that I deal with from all of this, but just know that it is not your fault. Any of this, parents, it's not your fault. And I know that's hard to come to terms with. There's a lot of guilt. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not that I can say if I could go back, I would do it differently because there really wasn't any control there. But I will say that I am extremely proud and I know that I'm stronger um, to have gone through this. And I, if I could do it, probably heard this a million times. If I could do it, you guys can do it. I really thought that, you know, that was the end. Um, Sadly, that was kind of the goal for me, and I'm so happy that I got the help I needed, and I kept going back, and I also believe that you can always leave treatment early, you can never stay long enough. And my very last treatment in 2011, um, it finally got to a point where they were like, all right, you're good, you can go. <laughs> I was terrified, because I got really comfortable there. And uh, that was when I knew that if I was willing to wake up every day and just tell myself I was gonna get through it, minute at a time, hour at a time, whatever you need, uh, it, it will come together. And um, even though I do live with quite a few issues, I am healthier than ever. Um, I know that I also can't help those things as well. And um, I do want to bring up the fact that, you know, this is often, a co-occurring thing. Um, I, I don't know really anyone that it's just they're just struggling with their eating disorder. You know, it may be depression, it may be addiction, it may be PTSD, whatever it is. And it's important for me to say that I also was a drug addict and I have also been in recovery from that. And um, you never really realize the severity of it until you're really trying to get better. And um, Again, I could not be more proud. That was extremely shameful as well. And um, 
I just live every day trying to smile and know that some days are not going to be good. And they're definitely not. But it is a hell of a lot better than it was. Um, what encouraged you guys to come out? My girlfriend, um, who's one of the coordinators for the Oriana. Walk. Yeah. I interviewed her on my podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. she's a very good friend of mine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. And I know she, you know, recovered from eating disorder. Oh, yeah. 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 Very tough one for sure. Yeah. yeah. She's such good people. Yeah. It was great to meet her before and able to promote the, the walk through the podcast. Oh, yeah. So I'm out trying to, trying to you know, talk to people about why they're here. And yeah. Well, I mean, you can never, you can never get enough support for stuff like this. Yeah, definitely. You know? And it's so nice to see her boys here. Yeah. And her husband. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's so awesome. nice. Oh, is that it? I think that, that was it's a... It's still only 10.30. Really? Quick, quick five kick. <laughs> I have a half hour. <laughs> so why'd you guys come out today? So, I'm, they're, they're with me. Oh, nice. <laughs> Adding more support. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. And her boys both go to the high school that the girls go to. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I know they had to. I'm telling you guys, support, support, support. This day was all about support. So this last speaker, he was really phenomenal. His name is Kyle Davis. And just listen, you'll enjoy it. I'm very into astrology. Uh, So much so each morning I wake up to a number of iPhone applications Uh, projecting my emotional forecasts for the day and the month and the year. Uh, I'm a Virgo. I don't know if we have any any other Virgos out here today. Yes, give it up for that. Um, So that also means I'm a grounded uh, earth sign. So uh, the other day I found myself reading a piece uh, that was ascribing traits to each of the four elemental signs, uh, denoted fire signs as inspiring, uh, water signs poetic, um, and earth signs as strong. And as I read this, I kind of found myself in a state of uh, disbelief and disagreement, uh, which is rare for me when I read those uh, astrological ascribings, um, because it was easy to get behind the idea for me of Earth signs being grounded or Virgos being uh, type A hypochondriacs. Um, But I had a very difficult time aligning myself with that strong descriptor uh, in the moment. Um, So I began thinking about the other Earth signs in my life uh, and this adjective instantly made sense for them. Uh, there was my brother, an intrepid voice of reason, uh, my best friend, who I think is practical and secure, and my father, who is an insightful patriarch of my family. So to me, it was the easiest thing to associate strength with their ethos. Uh, so why then could I not align myself with my, or my identity with this adjective? Uh, and also, while I appreciate astrology, take it all with a grain of salt. Um, Why did this mean so much to me in this moment? And why was I here completely tripped up by this odd coupling of sorts? Um, It was weird. It was a weird way to start a Thursday. Uh, So that same week, uh, which was this past one, I had this speech on my mind. As the date for this walk closer, um, the idea of speaking to a group of people about recovery also grew more and more daunting. Uh, I realized I had to take a step back and ask myself why I was putting off writing this speech. Uh, my chosen profession is writer of sorts. Uh, I make quizzes at BuzzFeed. Uh, so this, shouldn't, this should be like really easy. 
Uh, so of course, I played mental therapist in my head, as a lot of us do. Um, it wasn't due to a fear of public speaking. It wasn't a particularly insidious case of writer's block. I ruled out all the usual suspects with ease. Uh, then I really took some time to quiet my mind and sit with myself, and my thoughts and my emotions. Uh, why did I hesitate to write this speech about something that is so intrinsic to my identity and my history and has comprised the last third of my life? Uh, I realized shortly after that what I was experiencing was a feeling of fraudulence, uh, that I don't necessarily feel like some champion of recovery who has come incredibly far in such a linear black and white manner that it warrants a public speech about it. Uh, so I decided I'm, I'm not going to talk about being a champion of black and white recovery, uh, because I'm not. Uh, but, and uh, this is where it all ties together. Both astrology and recovery are ideas that gain their power from how much you believe in them. And uh, one second, sorry. It was um, with this thought that I found myself at an emotional, uh, an interesting emotional crossroads of sorts. Uh, could my strength be defined by how strong I believed I was? Could my place in recovery also be defined by how far I believe I've come? Is it that easy? And I think the answer to that question is both uh, sort of and definitely. On paper, I'm not the poster child of physical strength, nor do I feel like I'm an incredible success story of an anorexia patient turned completely emotionally healed motivational speaker. But I've come far, and I need to allow myself to bask in that. Did you hear that? Kyle said, bask in it. Make sure that you feel good about or let yourself feel good about um, the parts of recovery you have you know, accomplished. Even if you're not all the way there, even if you're still in some sort of treatment, make sure you, you know, take pride in what you have accomplished. It's not linear, as everyone said. It's not, you know, from A to B to C to D and then hooray, you're done. It's constant. It's up and down. So Take pride in what you have accomplished, be happy with where you are, and keep striving for full recovery. So I hope you enjoyed this kind of weird show. Um, maybe it will inspire you to go to Anita Walk one day. And um, please rate and review this show, Life with Ed, the podcast, share it. And you can follow me at Worth, W-E-R-T-H, your while um, on every platform, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're interested in more of what Nita does, uh, you can check out my episode in two weeks. We're really going to do a deep dive with um, those who work at Nita headquarters in New York. So stay tuned for that. Or you can check out their website, nationaleatingdisordersassociation.org. So have a wonderful week, everyone.